0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org.
1: As part of the exploration in the sitting, what do you become aware of when you're aware? Without directing awareness anywhere, What comes into your awareness? Without focusing on anything in particular, and allowing the present moment to unfold, what comes into your awareness? And what changes in the present moment as things appear? Sometimes sound, sometimes sounds, sometimes sensations of the body, breathing, thoughts, feelings. And if you shift your focus So you're more aware of the awareness itself, the state of awareness that within which things arise and pass, things occur. What's the quality of that awareness? Is it alert and clear? Is it dull? Sleepy? Is awareness itself contracted or tight? Is it open, relaxed? Does awareness have a strong basis, strong anchor to the present? Or is awareness really tenuous, tentative, ready to hardly be here, flit away, as you're sitting here, bring your attention, your awareness now to include your inner life, not so much the world around you. And and what would you say is the quality of your mind or the quality of your heart now? characterizes your inner life, your mood, your inner sense of being. Is that inner sense of being or mood or state, is it pleasant or is it unpleasant? Does it feel as if your mind, your mind state, or your heart is expansive or contracted? Wide or narrow? In the state of your mind or your inner being, Is it colored by any emotion? Is it colored by desire or aversion? Or is there no particular desire or aversion? Connected to your general mood, inner mood, inner state. Is the quality of your heart, mind, mind state, inner mood, is it heavy? Is it light? Is your quality of your mind, state of your mind, easily distracted, is it scattered, is it jumping around? Or does it feel settled, focused, concentrated, As you consider what your mind state is like, can you hold that, you let that exist within the field of open awareness, field of mindfulness? So it's, you're simple about it, easy. Just letting it be there as it is. Simple recognition, simple understanding. That the inner life, the mood, the mind state is aversive or desirous, contracted or expanded, heavy or light, scattered, distractible, present, settled, concentrated, peaceful, agitated. There's the state of your mind and then there's knowing it, the recognition of how it is in the field of awareness. identify strongly with the quality state of your mind, your inner life? Do you use what's going on in the inside as a way of defining yourself or judging yourself? Can you allow the inner life, inner mind state quality to be there as it is very simply as a stepping stone in the journey of establishing mindfulness, establishing an open field of awareness, a natural state of awareness. There's the inner world and the outer world. And what would you say the quality of your inner world is like? Is there suffering there? Is there peace there, happiness there? On the inside, your heart, how are you? And in this sitting, take a few long, slow, deep breaths. Feel your body from the inside, your chair, your cushion, the floor. So this idea of a journey of mindfulness where we start kind of in the outer circle, concentric circle of our being, our body, the body which interacts directly with the physical world, and we start connecting and feeling what goes on in our body and establish mindfulness, is going to help use that as a foundation, as a way of establishing presence presence of mind so we're here in the present and then as we become more present it becomes possible then to become aware of the the building block of much of the way we relate to the world which is the feeling tone of our experience and it's kind of humbling sometimes to realize how much of our reaction to the world and response to the world is not based based on our sophisticated understanding but rather based on whether it's pleasant or unpleasant. Sometimes very sophisticated justifications arise for a simple amoeba-like response to pleasant and unpleasant. And you know we cut, we, we we dress it with our sophisticated rationale, but sometimes it's really simple. So, but to see you know that, and then as we start and then we see see that we can start seeing that there's a distinction. Oh. Between something that feels more connected to the world and something that feels more connected to the inner world, and, and what exactly we call this inner world—it's not so clear in English. Um, I like the word heart. Someone asked about thinking earlier, and most people in America think in their brains, not in their hearts. So a heart seems to talk to some, point to something different than you know the mind. But what's the quality of it? What's the mind state? The Pali word is citta. And so what's that, what's that like? Is it pleasant or unpleasant in there? And then, we might that's a little bit maybe easier to discern sometimes. Kind of is kind of very simple, pleasant or unpleasant. And a little more difficult, maybe getting closer in these concentric circles to ourselves, is to, to actually to differentiate, to distinguish some of the different qualities and states of our mind. State of mind, state of heart, state of inner life. Our mood, inner mood, whatever you like to call it, uh, inner state of being. And, um, and, uh, and so this is, you know, our mood is kind of what's, mood persists over time, or a state of mind persists over time. There can be a fleeting quality or factor of mind that comes up. But you know, mood tends to last for more than just a few seconds, it's kind of last. And so, so like if, you, you know, you can see sometimes someone walking down the street and you can tell that this person is, you know, is really angry, you can feel the anger and the mood is permeates the, the person in a sense. Or you can see someone's really happy and there's kind of a mood or state, permeates, stays for a while. And um, so what is, uh, so what's the quality of your inner life like? And so, the, in the classic instructions, there's a number of criteria that, that are, you know, that are directed to notice. One is to notice is the inner life characterized by desire, strong desire? And sometimes that's clearly, I mean, that's what drives people, just desire, desire. I've known people who don't really have any particular things to desire, they just know they want something. It's just that desire is just kind of like, they're, you know, they're avaricious you know, just wants whatever. And, uh, and so the quality of their mind, or the operating mood of the mind or the operating kind of intentionality that's kind of coloring or shaping the mind is desire so it's possible to know that, to feel that, the mind um, wanting, wanting, wanting and, and, um, and then it's possible to know that uh, that wanting mind is no longer there that the mind is not driven by lust or by desire or addiction and you can feel a very different quality inner life feels very different without it If you have a real strong addiction, a real strong lust, then that contrast can be quite clear, that the inner state of how we are feels very different one way or the other. The other option the Buddha talked about is uh, if there is ill will or aversion in the mind, the mind is colored by kind of uh, hostility or anger or something like that. And sometimes it's very clear that, you know, we feel that, we are that way and some people will have the decency or the politeness to tell, tell others, um, you know, I'm in a bad mood today. So just, you should know. <laughs> You've been warned. <laughs> and um, so, you know, you can feel that sometimes yourself. This is kind of the... And then it's possible to have that not, not there. It's also possible to feel the mind is confused or deluded and it's possible to feel, see if the inner light doesn't feel diluted. It's kind of a, so. These are quali- point to qualities of the mind, quality of the heart that can be there, kind of the kind of a way it's colored by or by the emotions we have. Independent of the emotions we have, the the mind, the state, the heart can also be um, the quality of it can be characterized by either being contracted or expand, expansive. And some of you probably probably you know, had the experience of you know, being really caught up in something and living in a claustrophobic world, kind of really focusing, and then something happens, and then you feel really expansive. And, wow, you know, feel really spacious. And One state that's a contracted state, it's hard to tolerate anything, any interruptions. Expansive state, and everything's okay. You can feel the mind, the heart can be open. You fall in love, and everything is, feels very expansive fall in hate and everything feels contracted. <laughs> and, um, and so you can kind of feel the difference between open, closed, expensive, contracted, large, small. Sometimes the mind can feel really big. Awareness can feel like it goes out, you know, covers a vast area. And other times, you know, awareness is all dried up and prune-like, you know, like a little raisin, all wrinkled. The, um, And then it's possible to have a mind that's scattered and uh, just jumping around and distractible. And it's possible to have a mind which is um, concentrated and it's focused, settled. uh, So So all these different ways. It's possible to experience how the mind is uh, caught in something, so not free. It's caught up in concerns, attachments, wanting something. And it's possible to feel the freedom when... We're not caught in something. And then it's possible to see. So the instructions for, the, for the, the, um, the Buddha gives is to start noticing the quality of the heart, the quality of the citta. And to notice these things that I just listed here, but to notice the, ab, the presence and the absence of these things. This, is, this, this contrast between the presence and absence is an important part of the instruction. I um, mean, don't go around looking for absence all the time. Uh, Notice the absence of something after something has been there for a while. If you've really gotten to know a lustful mind for a while or an angry mind for a while, then it's useful to notice when it's gone and what it's like without it. So notice that contrast. Or if you find a mind that is peaceful and then you get caught up in anger, notice that contrast. What does it feel like? It's in the contrast sometimes that we... See the things are highlighted, highlighted, and we see more clearly what's going on. This is independent of what has caused us to have that mood. So, here, just noticing this quality, and the, uh, the usual way of interpreting this instruction from the Buddha is to be aware without any judgments or reactivity just uh, without any interpretation, without making any stories about it, without identifying with it, now I'm feeling, now this, the inner life is like this. It does sound, it's unpleasant, I'm full of anger, it's pleasant, I'm peaceful, but if it, they're having the mindfulness, the field of mindfulness holds it and just lets it be there, some equanimity and openness and allowance. Letting it show itself. It's not meant to be a lot of work, it's meant to be more like, t- t- you know, because the, the, presence of mindfulness is there we now tune it in we tune in the knowing the clear comprehension of this. in this field this is what the mind state is like this is what the heart state is like is it making some sense so you know, maybe we can have a few people say what that was like to bring that as, into the focus with that guided meditation here bill gale
2: So when I made an effort to just be aware, or maybe be aware of being aware, uh, I could hold on to that for a couple or a few seconds, and it was nice. Um, not much emotion one way or the other. Just. Um, but then when I asked myself the questions that you were asking us, so what's my mind's day like, <laughs> then it became anything but clear
1: um, well, that, that's 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 mind state, maybe, like well, so clarity. As
2: soon as I asked myself some questions, then I found myself remembering the kinds of thoughts I was having bef- just before I uh, went into made the effort to just be aware, and so I remembered those thoughts, and I thought, "Oh, craving—that's uh, what it was like." And then, then I would. I'd Say, oh, I'm thinking these thoughts and I'm craving, so that's not so good, and so I'd make some effort, and it would shift around, and so my my feeling, the feeling tone of my experience was jumping around um, according to what my mind was doing. But um, right. um, if if you're asking, or if I ask myself, what was the underlying feeling tone? Uh, it's it was very hard for me to. Pin it down. I, I I don't think I had an underlying feeling tone. Maybe, it was depend on what, what kind of thoughts I was having.
1: Well, maybe the under yeah maybe the maybe the so called underlying feeling tone was jumping around was changing, and that's one of the things you were seeing how changeable it was depending on your thoughts. Yeah, I, I think that would be my answer. Yeah. That's, so so the quality of it was shifting and changing for you relatively quickly. I'm sure there'll be times when it doesn't shift so quickly. You know. If, uh yeah, there have been. Know what? If there have been, sure. Yeah.
2: So, um, uh, my mind is, was expansive, and calm, and peaceful, and aware, yet I have some sadness in here. So I don't, uh, how can those two go together? Is. Apparently they
1: did. <laughs> I think it's okay to have them together. And the, uh, which part is the cheetah? you know, I don't know, just to, the idea is just to see what's there. So if it doesn't fit easily into these categories, I think it's fine.:
0: Well I noticed today I had no reaction to the leaf blower, which is kind of different for, for, for me. you.
1: <laughs>
0: it was more like it was just sound. I mean, it, I didn't feel um, negative or... I mean, no real... It had no other um, emotional
1: uh-huh. baggage on it, the sound. Great. Nice. Thank you. So, a question for you all. Why do you think it's meaningful, or helpful, useful you start noticing the quality of the inner life, the mood, the heart, the inner state of being. Why is this useful?
3: Because it colors um, my reaction. And therefore I just realize I don't have to act on this. I don't have to take it seriously. It's just a, it's just a bodily reaction.
1: Okay, good. So you don't, take, you don't get caught by it so easily when you see it. Okay, good.
3: I noticed that um, I was able to kind of mod be the moderator of the situation because um, <clears throat> when you talked about clear comprehension, I got it and that was like, okay, now it's going to be this. And um, at the same time, I could see this, Aversion to the contentment that I was feeling before and like, that's gone, you know, we're just going for a clear. And then I could, (laughs) you know, watching that and seeing, now wait a minute, mindfulness is not about throwing out (laughs) the baby with the bathwater. It's, you know, let's just have some... It it wasn't managing like that, but the awareness was just able to... um, Equalize things more, you know. It's not about getting rid of the other, but right. let them be together, you know. It's kind of a we're all doing this, we're all wanting to go in the same direction here.
1: Great, so, yeah. So this non reactive awareness became stronger for you. Yeah. Good. Yes.
4: Uh. <clears throat> It didn't happen just now, but many times uh, when I do get in touch with that um, if it's uh, something very distressing sadness, it just gives me a chance to get it out and you know it's like uh, therapy or catharsis uh, that uh, gives me a good bit of relief from
1: that so getting to recognize what's in there allows you to move it through well just feeling it i
4: mean just yeah by recognizing it and then it just Sort of bubbles out uh, it, to my w- more and more eruption.
1: And if you don't recognize that it's there, but it's kind of there, what what happens then? Then, then
4: it's depression. <laughs>
1: yeah. Great, wonderful. Yeah.
4: Uh, and to answer uh, my answer for your previous question um, of what I was sensing yeah. um, was actually it, it moves around. Um, so we talk about the heart, but I, I it goes for me. It's everywhere from the the head to the gut, and a lot of it's in the gut.
1: Great, good.
0: Um, I seem to be getting more of a sense of when of this difference between being in a state and knowing that that I'm in the state and. It its uh, main effect seems to be the the expansion feeling of that I'm more than that state. Whatever it is, whether it's pleasant or
1: unpleasant, Uh
0: that seems. So
1: so the usefulness of this then is to help you disidentify with it.
0: Yeah. Not not, uh, because nothing. And the sense of freedom a little bit more because. Because of the perspective, I guess.
1: Uh-huh. Great, yeah. wonderful. So, so one more. We'll do one more, and then.
0: Well, I had kind of a challenging week this week, and I was really. I, I I had the awareness of how, much, how unpleasant it was, and how, I was suffering. I sort of had the faith though that I still had my practice and then when I would sit I would, I, I, I wasn't able to sit as long as I'd like to but I was so aware of my suffering when I sat because my heart was um, beating so much and I was so tense and um, it was um, it was just striking and uh, so um, I kind of Put that with the sense of um, aversion and ill will, and um, hardening of my heart, and so just from practice, I, I had the faith that, well, once I can soften my heart, you know, I can reduce my suffering, and so, um, yeah, I really appreciate that. I'm so glad to be here today.
1: Great. So recognizing what's going on uh, can help you realize you do the practice to work through it. And so, the first, what's called the, the first three foundations—body, um, feeling tones, and mind states—the uh, the the primary way in which the instructions occur is just to know, just to know what's happening. Know that you're breathing. You can really know that you have sensations in the body. Know that you have feeling tones know that there are mind states. Understand, it's just recognition, this is what's going on. And as I said, some people really uh, point out that uh, it doesn't say no and judge. (laughs) It doesn't say no and identify. It doesn't say no and have a story about just keep it really simple. Some people call this bare attention, just let it be as it is. Some people find this a relief, uh, almost liberating, to be able to experience some aspect of ourselves in the radical simplicity of what's happening without a story, without assigning meaning to it, without reference to the past and the future. There's just, it's there. And just let it be there. It's very respectful of the experience. It's kind of like getting out of the way of it. So in the first three foundations is this kind of simple, simple awareness. It's a practice to learn to do that, but that's the, what we're trying to do. The fourth foundation <clears throat> is called, uh, it's called the foundation of dharmas, dhammas, and it's not always so clear how to translate this word dhamma into English. But I believe the best candidate is mental processes. So, and, and up until now it's just seeing things that are here, they are in and of themselves. But now it's understand the process by which certain things, mental states, come into being. So as we begin tuning in to the quality of our heart, uh, uh, it 's certainly helpful to be mindful of it and see it and hold it lightly, but also we can start becoming wise about it. We can understand the processes in place that um, shape the quality of the heart, so we can see that uh it 's not we 're not we 're not just random victims you know that the weather comes through and we 're just the weather is what the weather is um it isn 't that you know suddenly we 're angry and that 's the way it is today, and tomorrow we don 't know how we 're going to be tomorrow we 're going to be a different way, and we're just kind of like going along for the ride. But you can see that there's uh, choices we make, there's activities that we're involved in, that uh, are the conditions for the arising of certain mental states and for them to go away. And so, as we begin more and more subtle in the present moment, getting quiet and more and more peaceful, and we do this inner movement into the heart, at some point we start seeing the activity of the heart, how how it works. We're seeing the works, so we're seeing. I mean, something. I don't, this occurs to me, but um, I mean, you might see that um, you're driving down the freeway and there's a, um, a billboard for a next greatest electronic thing, and and uh, you and so you see the thing, the picture, and then you see that you start thinking about it more than a few seconds. Uh, then you start wanting it. But since you don't have enough money to buy the electric thing, then you start thinking about getting a job. And then you start thinking about how difficult it is for the job and what a loser you are. And then you feel like you're just like a complete loser. And the, and then the inner life is feeling bad. And so you can see there was a step by step. It isn't just like accidentally, you know, you just, boom, you feel like a loser. But it had to do with a train of thought. You got involved with the the billboard, the image, started fantasizing about it. Desire arose. Desire bumped up against your story you have about yourself, about what you need and what has to happen and and your success with success and failure and that before, which then translates to a, um, a conclusion, generalized conclusion about yourself. And you can watch. There's a sequence of this. And if you see this, then it might be next time you drive down the freeway and see a billboard for electronic thing you know this pattern and you say next time you see the mind begin to think about electronic things and this is not a useful thing to think about I'm glad people invented that <clears throat> but I'm going to kind of focus on driving now and the mind doesn't go, in, go down this uh, detour into this you know the highway of desire and frustration that goes on because you have some ability to see the cause and effect relationship we see what gives rise to desire what gives rise to anger, what gives rise to despair, and we see what it takes to let go of it, so it might be that we're despairing by not being not owning that electronic device, and in order to not be despairing, maybe we have to what we do is let go of the desire and so as opposed to just I'm saying, I think I' just have to be present for my despair until either it fades or I get distracted. <laughs> Um, you can, uh, we can understand the process, the activities of the mind, the choices we can make to either that brings it about some of the suffering we have um, and or see what helps uh, abandon it, let go of it. So this is the process, is seeing the process. Make some sense? And it's also possible to see the, the, the process, the causal process, of origination of what brings up good states of mind, joy tranquility, equanimity, concentration. Uh, You know, that we can notice what, this is what, these are the conditions that allow this to happen and this is how I can maintain it. This is how I can keep it going. As opposed to joy being something that just, again, it's an accident, you don't know how it happened, but you start understanding, you know, what happens. And so it could be you're driving down the freeway, you see the electronic device being advertised on the billboard and you know where the mind will go if you focus on that and all you have to do is look the other side of the freeway where there's this beautiful vista and you can and you can appreciate or maybe you just appreciate the fact that there's a freeway you're driving on how many times have you appreciated that and you, in, the, in the appreciation comes a different inner mind state than comes from if you get caught up in desire or maybe you're already appreciating something and so you know if you appreciate it you want to stay in the kind of at the Stay connected to that and stay connected to keeps it going. The reason why this is important is that um, we don't want to just be passive victims to uh, being taken care of in our life. We want to become the caretakers of our heart. And we can become caretakers of our heart by understanding how it all works in there. And it's only by understanding, somebody, when we start, start understanding how it works, then we can make choices, wise choices, about what uh, keeps us from getting caught, keep us from being enslaved, that supports us and helps us become free in there. So this is the step-by-step process of this journey. From So it, it's really important to remember that what we're trying to do in the first uh, steps of the journey is to establish this open, somewhat relaxed, natural state of awareness called mindfulness, we enter into it. And in that space then, then we begin working gently, with clear recognition, clear comprehension of what's going on. And as and then at some point, when you get close enough into ourselves, closer than mind states, are the choices we make. So this is kind of the heart of the heart: is the choices we make in there. And then we can be the caretakers of ourselves by being careful of the choices we make to make wise choices. And um, and so. But always in a step-by-step way, hopefully the mindfulness gets established stronger and stronger, so that we come to pl- to finally come to the place where we see the causal patterns that bring about suffering, bring about happiness, that we're not uh, reactive to that or caught by that or tripped over by it. And, you know you see yourself getting um, despairing over an electronic device, and now you have enough mindfulness, you can say, you're not, you're not, you're not then going to add. <clears throat> more despair on top of despair and say you know I'm a, I'm a loser I'm just despairing because I can't have what I so just kind of hold it so the wisdom part of the practice has a lot to do with start seeing the causal connections that, between things because if we see the causal connections we can intervene and make a difference in those causal connections for our better and that's how we become the caretaker of our own heart that make some sense? Okay, so um, uh, let's take another fifteen-minute break, and um, and again, let's do it in silence. Keep little, uh, and then let's. Uh, we'll come back for another forty-five minutes because I have to end at three fifteen today, and then we'll do a guided meditation on this last foundation of <coughs> mindfulness. Okay.